Well, good evening, and thank you for that fine singing. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, this is my way of going around Lauren and Bob. They won't let me into the choir. <laughs> so, you know, I've tried for years. <laughs> tried for years, you know, so, uh, no. You know, and you listen to them sing in our choir, it's just beautiful. This morning they sang the, the Christmas program, and I thank you for them, and Josh and Rachel for the Christmas program and everything. Um, let me silence my phone. My wife just, hold on. Announce the potluck. Okay, Amy. Announce, okay, so next, New Year's Day, not a, New Year's Eve, I'm sorry. I'm throwing it off. New Year's Eve is not only a chili cook-off, but it's a potluck, and we need to uh, have people sign up to bring stuff for the potluck, so uh, sign up on the list. So, all right. That's the bad thing about bringing this stuff up here, these electronics. You can message me and tell me to get done. So, as I was saying, uh, thank you for everyone that's participated in all the events and to bring our thoughts and our minds towards the Lord Jesus Christ and his birth, and it's a tremendous time to think about the Lord Jesus and how he came down and took on flesh and blood. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 1, and we're going to have just a quick devotional thought, and to carry on to what Rick was talking about this morning, and how the Son of God came down and was manifested to us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten Son of God, and what a tremendous thing. And I was just thinking about this, this, th these two verses that he read this morning and he articulated on. And how uh, particularly John, but all the disciples, got to handle the Lord Jesus, got to see him, got to look upon him. There's an actual body there. There's an actual person. And in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, That which was, was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that, the, that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What John is portraying here is that he is an eyewitness. You can trust his testimony. You can trust what he has to tell you about the Lord Jesus because he walked with him on this earth. He physically talked to him. He physically touched him. This is not an illusion. This is not something of his imagination. But this is the real deal that the Son of God, the creator of the universe, took on flesh and blood and was born as a baby in a manger. Tremendous the humiliation that the Son would take for us. To think of that stooping down, to come all the way down from the heights of heavens, to leave that position of glory in heaven where everyone would recognize the Son as, as God. Yet as Rick shared this morning in Philippians 2, he made himself of no reputation. That this one that is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of all the universe, did not come down and say, treat me as one. But he came lowly and he came humbly. And he walked on this earth, and I love how, how Rick pointed out that his father was a carpenter, and he was a carpenter, and he lived in Nazareth, a, a, a very simple life. Whereas I've worked for a prince, 
a prince from Saudi Arabia, who everything was about him. The food, the, the everything, the whole world and everything we did revolved around this simple prince that everyone served him. The Lord Jesus Christ came and he said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom. What a tremendous picture we have in this time in which we've sang the hymns in this life that is manifested to us. We've sang these beautiful Christmas carols and hymns of writers in the past that, that have illustrated this point of how magnificent the Son of God is. That Emmanuel, Jesus, has come to save his people from their sins. One of the thoughts I had this, this Christmas time was, what does God truly think of us? What does God truly think of us? He's given us his very best. He's exalted us in the sense of he sent his son from heaven to be born, to take on flesh and blood, to walk on this earth, to go to the cross and die on the cross for our sins. He has placed us in this high position of tremendous love and blessing. There's not a question, does God love us? There's not a question, are you important to God? The, 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 the mere fact that God demonstrated his love towards us, that while we're yes sinners, Christ died for us. And everything you see in this Christmas story is that we are of utmost importance to God. Peter would say, you are redeemed, not with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And this precious means high honor. You are redeemed with the most precious commodity that this universe, that this creation, that anything could ever see. And that was the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, he loves us. He holds us in high value. He wants us to come back to him. He wants us to be reconciled to him. So the question isn't this Christmas what does God think of you? It's what do you think of God? What do you think of the Son? What do you think of Jesus? The woman at the well, Jesus said this in John chapter 4, But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Nate Branson pointed out, he said he's not looking for worship. Because you see, the rocks would cry out, the trees would cry out, all of creation will cry out in honor of worship. But he's looking for worshipers. He's looking for people that are willing to bend their knee and bow to this Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And as Colossians would point out, that the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, would have the preeminence in all things. That he would have the first place in our lives. That there would be no second, that he would be exalted amongst all. So the question is, as we see this baby Jesus lying in a manger, what value do you put to him? What place do you rank him in your life? We had Jeff and Kristen over last night for our family Christmas uh, uh, dinner. And uh, we made a traditional Christmas dinner of enchiladas. And... Um, <laughs> Sam, is that traditional? I don't know. Christmas Eve. I'm sorry, tamales. I didn't. Have... So, anyways, now something different. So we 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 had that. And then we walked down the street, and if any of you have 
have been between our house and Ryan's house on Hellman there. There's a huge house, and they got a huge front yard, and they go all out with their Christmas lights. It's spectacular. Now, don't look for a theme because my wife calls it the, what is it, the, the place that barfed Christmas because it's just, it has everything there. It, 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 and as you walk up, and we walked down there last night, and you're looking, I mean, you see everything from a bass singing to you about Merry Christmas to uh, minions to Santa Claus to all kinds of stuff. There's lights displayed. It's a huge yard. And I'm looking around, and it's tremendous to see all these displays and, and reindeer and everything else. But I'm going, where's the manger scene? And as we walk over and you look down this driveway, they actually uh, <clears throat> had a boom, a lift, that they put up this huge star, but it's way in the back. And then underneath that star, you got to look for it, is this manger scene. See, some of us are like that where we're seasonal Christians, or we're, we love the birth of Christ during this time, but you see, that's about the only places in December, way in the back, in which we, we put the Lord Jesus, and we exalt him in this month, and then the rest of the months, he begins to take second place, and all the hustle and bustle of life and everything else takes over. But what God wants is, is for this yard not to be filled with the presence of all these lights and everything else, but for this yard to be filled with the presence of his son. Of the manger scene to take over, to be first place, but you can tell it's not first place. It's there, but it's in the back. This time of year, we can turn on majority of the radio stations from Christian to country to even coast, uh, love songs on the coast, 103.5, whatever it is. This year, Christmas songs take over. And they, 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 they carry through the whole month of December. And, and you'll hear everything from the secular Christmas songs to the songs we sang tonight. And, and this story of, of Jesus and his story is manifested and it rings out amongst us. And the problem is, is what place does it have in the heart of the world? just an event that took place. And I was at my chiropractor, I heard one worker there say, I don't celebrate Christmas. Now I know some Christians that don't celebrate Christmas because they don't want to, uh, they, they, they don't see it as, as a particular day that this is the day occurred and so forth. And they have their reasons for it, but the idea behind this lady was not that she doesn't celebrate Christmas, is that she doesn't believe in the birth of Christ. So she took this birth of the, of the Savior, and threw it way down. In closing, I want to bring this thought to you as I am trying to bring out that Christ should have the preeminence and that we are looking forward to him, is that you have the manifestation and later on you find the revelation. And this is the revelation of Jesus Christ in which he's been manifested, but now from the, the glories of heaven he's going to be revealed and everyone's going to see him as he is. Look at 1 John chapter 3 with me. And my question for you for the rest of this season, when December 26th comes along and December 31st and the first of the year and onward, <clears throat> are you looking forward to seeing your Savior face to face? You know, we talked about on Wednesday nights and a lot of the discussion has been, you have the Old Testament prophecies of the coming Messiah and they should have known when the Messiah was coming. They should have been able to figure it out. And as he comes and everything the Messiah does in which the Lord Jesus revealed himself and he is manifested, 
they should have been able to look at him and say, yeah, that's the Messiah of the Old Testament. From the very pinpointed birth in Bethlehem um, to everything he accomplished and he did. But you know, we have a, a time right now where we're looking for another coming. And have we, have we fallen asleep like these, uh, these people in the Old Testament, the New Testament period times of the time of Jesus? Have we stopped looking for the Messiah in that sense that he's coming again for us? But look at uh, chapter 3 and verse 1 says this. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Verse 2, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Are you looking forward to that day when you will see your Savior face to face, and you will be like the Apostle John, that we can touch a physical resurrected body, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we can hold him, that we can talk to him in a very physical way. Ah, oh, it's a glorious day that's coming, in which he is revealed, and we shall be like him. We shall have resurrected bodies just like him, and we shall see him as he is. Let's bow in prayer. Our gracious God and Father, we just thank you for this, this uh, time of the year and this season, Father, that the Lord Jesus, your only begotten Son is made manifest to us once again in the birth of the Lord Jesus in Bethlehem, Father, that we can contemplate this simple baby, the incarnation of Christ, Father, that you sent your only begotten Son, that he entered time and took on a body, and this body that was in Bethlehem's manger, that the mother of Mary took and picked up this baby, and took care of him. Father, what a Savior we have. But this Savior came with a purpose, and that was to save us from our sins. And to go to the cross of Calvary and there die for us. Father, we look forward to the day that not only do we remember his birth, not only do we remember his death, we look forward to the day when he comes to take us home to be with him. Father, we look forward to the day in which we will see your son face to face, that we will see Jesus and he will be revealed. What a glorious day is going to be that we can behold the, the Savior and look into his eyes and hold him physically and to handle him and to speak with him just like the Apostle John and all the disciples did on earth. Thank you so much. In the name of the Lord Jesus we pray. Amen.